G'day, it's Matt from Duff Salamander Bait and Tackle, and today we're going to talk about catching ludric, um, commonly known as blackfish, uh, a winter species that um, kick off around about the end of May into June, all the way through probably until October, depending upon the weather conditions. It's not a perfect science when they come and go, but it's just a rough, um, rough guide. Uh, in saying that, it's the 28th of May and they started to bite on the main breakwall now at Nelson Bay. A little bit tentatively at the moment because it's the start of the season, um, but I think after this course of westerly winds and southwesterly influences we're getting, you'll find that probably next week they might start biting a little bit stronger. So basically I've been fishing for them up here both in the ocean and on the main breakwall uh, for the most part of my, um, when I was a lot younger and into my adult life. Uh, I'm going to go through what works for me. Um, if you ask 10 black fishermen, they'll tell you something different and all of those um, methods most probably work in some way. So take what you need from this podcast uh, or I'll direct you to the website where I've done a blog and it shows you some images. Um, and if it's something you can add to your arsenal to help you become successful, that's great. If you're starting out, I hope it just builds a solid foundation for you to start with and then you can um, adjust it as you see fit as you go on. Um, I was taught a certain way and that's what I'm going to share with you today. Um, basically, uh, they're a herbivore, so the old blackfish is a vegetarian. From time to time, they will take a worm and a yabby and a prawn and some such thing. That's normally just before they start to spawn and they're feeding rather aggressively. That's not the bait that they naturally um, seek in the ocean. They normally, the two main baits are ocean cabbage, which is found on the ocean rocks. Um, and basically it's a miniature version of a cabbage you find at Woolworths, but it's uh, super small, about as big as a five cent piece, and it grows on the ocean rocks. Uh, and in the small rock pools at the back, which I tend to like that particular lighter green cabbage better for bait. Um, and uh, weed, which is normally an estuary or a river weed. Can be freshwater, although I stick to the saltwater weed. I find the freshwater weed doesn't keep as well. Um, so they're the two main baits to use. So um, we're going to talk about fishing the main break wall at Nelson Bay today, and that's <coughs> Estuary Spot, um, and probably one of the best spots on the New South Wales coast um, when it's really firing uh, for, for blackfish. It's at, um, those that don't know it, it's at the end of Taranby Road there near the fishing co-op, um, and easy parking there. You've got to pay for parking now, so it's just something to be aware of. <coughs> um, so the, the, there's the inside of the break wall there and then there's the outside on the main on the main wall so it's basically one wall on the inside all the boats are moored you've got simba you've got well i'll come back a little bit first you've got the coastal patrol boat um and then all the way up to the simba which is a big moored boat on a four post mooring they between those two areas seem to be the um the best for the inside fishing uh times and tides look blackfish the beauty of black fishing, I suppose, is they can bite throughout the course of the day. So you don't have to get up at four o'clock to go fishing or in the night time, um, not like other fish. You can catch them in the middle of the day when the sun's um, uh, shining through the water quite clearly. So I don't know if it makes any difference whether it's overcast or not for blackfish. I mean, <clears throat> you'll often find that some of the best fishing down on that break wall is in the southerly wind. So with that normally comes some clouds and a bit of rain, but... Uh, when it comes to the tides, I like to fish an hour each side of 
the change of tide. It would be my preference. Um, on the outside of the wall, it runs a lot uh, quicker than on the inside. It hardly moves at all really on the inside, even though the inside's also affected by tide. Um, you want to, that hour each side of the tide gives you the slack water in the middle, so by that I mean the, the tide basically stops. So if you were fishing on the outside, for example, and the tide was running in, you'd be casting to your right hand side and the float would be drifting in front, and the float would drift to the left as the tide comes in. Um, if it gets to high tide, just before high tide, you'll find that drift will stop, and then probably half an hour, depends on the size of the tide, it'll start running out. So your float you will be moving to the right in the opposite direction. Um, you need a bit of run. No run, no fun is one of the old things that um, one of the old guys used to say, and he's right. Um, so. Tides are affected by the moon phase, the size of the tides, so you'll find some tides run quicker than others. Um, even though that's the case, throughout the six, so tide, six hour periods between tides more or less, so you'll find that there are small eddies on that break wall on the outside that don't run as hard. So you can fish them um, throughout the entire tide sometimes, it depends. Um, you will catch fish when it's running, but sometimes it runs way too quick and then you basically, by the time you cast your float in, it's, it's 20 metres away. So um, if you take the inside though, for example, you don't have that same, um, that same run. So you float, it's like basically fishing in a swimming pool, I've always said. I don't particularly like fishing on the inside. <clears throat> That's my personal preference. But they do catch plenty of fish in there. And at the moment, the blackfish will school in there of an afternoon. So that's the time to hit the inside. And they have been catching, they've been getting their bag limits. I spoke to Nathan the other day, the butcher from out there at Anna Bay. And I mean, he got his bag limit on the inside the, and yesterday, Friday afternoon it was. Um, so look, it is quite possible to catch fish in there. I just like the outside because it moves a bit and there's a bit more action out, out there. Same fish though, and they fight just as well. Um, the rig. Um, so look, I've... Um, gone into a bit of detail about the black fishing rig i've done a pretty crude drawing sorry about that but but just as long as it illustrates what to do and where to put the float and um, how to rig up um, i'll explain basically so my main line is my main line is about 18 pound and i've got floating um, dango wax line um, i'd recommend between 12 and 18 pound for the main line even though it's a light line fishing, but the fish only sees the leader. So you have to also be wary of the other um, conditions around you, um, specifically the rocks. So your main line starts touching the rocks from time to time. You've got a 12 pound main line that gets frayed, or you've got an 18 pound main line that gets frayed. You've got a bit more forgiving forgiveness in the 18 pound main line. So it, don't go too light with the main line. You don't have to. Um, I also ocean fish, so I mix it up a little bit. So to have a bit of a heavier floating line, in my view, is probably advantageous, but again, matter for yourself. Um, first, the first thing we do when we're doing the rig, um, put the stopper on. So I just use one of the standard rubber stoppers, an STM one. You just put the little stopper on. They come in a pack of about 10, um, and then run that up your main line. Then I put the float on after that, of course. Um, under the next thing after the float I put a small lumo bead on which protects the foot of the float it's just a shock absorber is all it is um, you could use a bit of rubber of any description um, then after that um, I tie off to a very small swivel probably a number 10 8 or 10 um, 
And then I add probably a piece of 20 to 30 pound mono, and it's probably only about uh, 10 centimetre, five to 10 centimetres long. It, it, then I put the lead on. So <clears throat> that the, my sinker sits on that heavy bit of line. Um, I also put two Lumo beads on each side of the sinker. So I've got three little shop absorbers there. And what that does is every time you strike and you pull up, those little Lumo beads will absorb the shock of the sinker. And that'll make a difference to the foot of the float, trust me, over time. So when you select your float, the first thing to look for is the solid foundation. That foot has been properly epoxied on or it's properly glued on or however they've done it and it's stainless or it's um, copper and it's reasonably thick because that's the bit that takes all the wear and tear. Um, and now the reason I use that heavy piece of line, that short heavy piece of line where the sinker is, is specifically because you will get snagged while you're fishing for blackfish. That's just the nature of the fishing. You're using eight or six pound leader, that will break in lieu of the um, main line breaking and then you will keep your float intact. So you choose to use that if you wish. I've used it, it's been successful for me. Some guys don't, which I'm fine with that too because I sell floats, so you can knock yourself out. But what happens is if you don't have that little little bit there and you break off <clears throat> and your main line breaks in lieu of your leader, which it does too because it all touches the rocks over the course of time, uh, then you'll basically lose your float. This little bit of mono, heavy duty mono with the sinker on it, that will give you a bit of added protection. So I, I don't lose that many floats. In saying that, I'll probably lose one next time I go out now. That's just the nature of black fishing. But it really, it, it does come in handy and it doesn't affect the fish. Then after that, I obviously tie, I use fluorocarbon leader, of course. I use the um, Sunline FC Rock. I've found it very rock resistant. You get 100 metres on a spool. Um, eight pound, basically, is my general one. At the moment, because they're just starting and they're a little bit timid, the fish, I'll go down to six pound next time I go fishing. Um, then onto a hook, I use the Gamagatsu panfish hooks, the size 10. I use size 10 in the estuary, um, and I use size 6 in the ocean. But for the, for the break wall, size 10 pan hook's my one. Look, there's plenty of well-known brands. Just get a size 10 hook. Some guys will use 6 off there. That's an ocean blackfish hook in my view. Some guys will fish with 8s. I just stick with 10s all year round off the <clears throat> size 10 off the main break wall. Mustard 540s, mustard beaks, mustard snack. Um, and Daihachi all make size 10s that are <clears throat> well known and well used blackfish hooks. Um, you can have two, you can have a two hook rig if you want to. Um, you can have, that means you can have um, two leaders running off that swivel. Uh, you'd have to make one shorter than the other so they didn't, the hooks didn't catch. Um, but they get twisted and it's a pain in the ass quite frankly. I've done all that and I've got double as a blackfish but the bag limit's 10 so there's no great rush. And when they start biting, um, you know, you'll get your 10 uh, pretty quick. So moving on to bait, um, the two baits that we touched on earlier, um, weed, an estuary weed or an ocean cabbage. First, we'll talk about the weed. Um, if you're using weed, I'd recommend that you tie a loop knot. <clears throat> um, and what that does is creates a loop above the eye of your hook. So you can use that as the foundation to start working your weed down the shank of the hook it will create a, um, oh, it's harder for the fish to get off basically, and that's what you wanna do. Um, you don't make the tail of the weed too long under the hook, under the shank of the hook. Um, if you do, the blackfish will just, you'll get down and down <clears throat> one after another, and they will just chop you off at the bottom and you won't be able to connect. 
um, he won't be able to get a solid hookup because you need to let him get it into his mouth. And they work differently with weed and cabbage. So when they take the weed, they suck it down from the bottom and they suck it down slowly from the bottom. So in my view, you need to be a little bit more patient with weed. I just, this is just my personal view. I don't like fishing with weed. Um, I'll prefer to fish with ocean cabbage the entire season. Weed is successful on some occasions. Some of the older guys fish with weed because they don't, uh, it's hard for them to put the cabbage on. Um, <clears throat> nevertheless, and they're successful. Some of them, a few of the local ones down there fish with weed I can think of, they get their 10 regularly. So, um, but when it comes to bait, and I, can, I can't stress this enough, less is more. And by that, the weed expands in the water. What you, don't clump your baits up. I've got a good visual. We actually took some pictures um, on the website. You can just look up, go to our blogs page and you'll see the image of a loop knot. And then we've put weed on a number 10 hook, just to give you an example. And I'm looking at it now and I think I could probably take a little bit of weed off that. So less is more, especially at this time of year. And if you get in the habit of putting less bait on, especially with blackfish, you'll have more success even when they're biting their heads off. <clears throat> and okay, for storage purposes, I just store the weed in, in white foam boxes in, the, in a cool, dark area, I mean, it's, which is inside the white foam box, but we're able to keep it for up to two months. <clears throat> All you'll find is don't put it into water, <clears throat> especially that wire weed for storage, because you'll find that it just, when the water turns, if it's not in the right environment, um, it'll just stink. Um, if, you're, if you're adamant about keeping it in your water and you want to try and grow it, I'd recommend a fish box in the backyard with salt water and leave it open to the elements. So you've replicated basically all, all the environment that the weed lives in naturally. Um, you let the fresh water, they let the rain get to it because the salt and the pH levels, it seems to, it, that works for cabbage and I know a few blokes have done it for weed. So, but if you're just getting it to fish with, a white foam box, it'll see you good for three months. All it does is get brittle and break and you can use it as burly and then get some more. Right, moving on to cabbage, my favorite one, of course. Um, as I talked about earlier, I like the cabbage from the rock pools at the back. Not the dark green stuff that sits right at the front of the water so much, that's a good burly. The little rectangular twisty bits from the inside the rock pools, that's a lighter color green. I think that works better. Only my view, um, the other cabbage will work. Again, don't clump the cabbage. It's one single leaf that you pull up over the eye of the hook. Then I do a gentle half hitch around the top of that bit of cabbage with my leader. Uh, again, cabbage can be stored in a fish box in the backyard. Lots of water. Cabbage actually need to leave in water or probably a bag in the fridge, but I'd recommend you leave it in water. Um, and let, it, let the sun get to it because both the weed and cabbage are an algae. So they need, they need sunlight and they need the rain and they need the salt water. So <coughs> they'll thrive in that environment. Um, less is more with the cabbage too. Don't clump it up. Uh, and if you do that, you'll find that they take the cabbage down a lot better, I think. They take the weed. So I don't wait as long. I don't count the three seconds when I'm using cabbage baits and they're biting. When the flake goes under, I whack them straight away. And <coughs> reasonably successful during the period um, that they're biting aggressively. Although last week's experience, it's not as, not as successful when they're timid because I ended up with six fish and I would have lost at least another six to eight at the net. So that indicates to me that they're not hooked correctly. Um, black, the nature of black fishing is you lose some at the net, but not that many. And when they're timid, they're taking it down differently. So just something to be aware of. 
Um, making your burley baits, you should basically match the burley with the bait you're using. So if you're using cabbage, chop up cabbage and put it in sand. If you're using weed, weed into the sand. Um, I find the ocean sand holds together better than the estuary sand. I know that sounds really weird, but do the experiment yourself. Um, and I prefer to get it where you drive onto Bruby Beach, where that <clears throat> the resort is that they've the derelict resort there. And you keep driving if you're going to go on via the four-wheel drive access. That sand around there seems to pack together real well. Um, so look, the sand basically is a delivery system for the for the weed and the cabbage. So make sure you wet it. So make it into a ball, and then it will sink about four to five feet under the water before dispersing. If you don't, you throw dry sand. It'll just all the weed and cabbage and sand will just all float on the top, or the sand will sink. And the, and the bait will float on the top. So you need to get it down to the fish. Um, and you can throw a bit of the old thing, throw a bit of aniseed in it. It's aniseed, liquid, juice, whatever you got aniseed wise, it stinks, it's got a strong smell about it. And for some reason, the blackfish love it. So, um, right, just the basic method. If you're fishing on the outside of the break wall, I recommend you're fishing around 10 to 12 foot deep. You're fishing on the inside, six to eight foot. You can, and you basically just adjust your float stopper to suit um, ensure that, and you, you're normally using your blackfish gear normally is a 10 foot 6 rod. The common blackfish blank is a club rod CR4126, <clears throat> or I've got a 11 foot um, 612. I, look, the rod will be a preference for you. I fish with a centre pin reel, I fish with a Gary Howard Botany Bay rod, which is um, 11 foot 6 and it's a estuary rod for Botany Bay, but I use that in the, in the ocean as well. So. <clears throat> the standard ocean rod is a um, MT4144, so it's a 12-foot beach rod, a 12-foot rock rod. That's for ocean fishing. But for in the estuary, the 10-foot 6 to 11-foot 6 rod works well. I use a centre pin reel, which gives me various advantages over using a thread line reel. Um, we'll talk about that in a sec, though. So um, ensure the float is sitting low in the water. So you need the float to sit down low in the, on the water level. So that there's less resistance for the fish to take it down when they're really timid, like now. Because um, all they'll do is they'll take it down, then bob it back up again and touch it and stop it, and they won't take it down fully. You need it under the water. Um, so work the drift, as we've talked about before. So you, if you've got it you're on the outside, there's an incoming tide, you're casting to your right, your float's moving to your left. So every time you cast to your right, you throw a, a burly ball further right. Um, and you'll see what I mean. So that will drift down in front of you. And basically you'll get that subtle drift from right to left on an incoming tide. And you'll start getting downs probably to your left. You need to let it go past. Because remember, your leader's travelling behind your float. Um, and the float will behave in a number of ways. So there's only a few ways the float behaves. Um, it'll, go, it'll get pulled down by the fish, which is commonly known as a down or a bite, for those that are just starting. Um, It'll go down sideways, um, which is more often than not a snag as you're drifting. Um, it'll stop during the drift, which indicates there's a fish on it, or there's a fish interested in it, or he started sucking on the bait. Um, or it'll get pushed straight up out of the water, which also indicates a bite or a snag. Um, I'd be st I strike at those ones that pop up out of the water, and I strike at the downs, of course. Um, so striking is quite important. Um, there's different, each black fisherman has a different way and a different theory about it. 
As a general rule, if you're starting, leave it under three seconds. Leave it completely submerged for three seconds. Count. Um, count to three properly. And then strike gently, because they're super sharp little hooks. You don't need to reef it out of the water and pull it over your shoulder. All you've got to do is set the hook and make sure you do that by slowly lifting the rod. Um, you'll feel the blackfish on there. Don't worry. As soon as you lift that rod, you'll feel him on the end. And those that haven't caught one before, there you go. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to using the cabbage, I probably don't do the three-second rule so much. <clears throat> Although the other day would indicate that I should have. Um, and I, and you know, I adjust it throughout the course of the day too. So if I'm losing a lot of fish at the net, I was a lot more patient with the downs. Um, and I didn't lose so many at the end of the session that I had the other day. So um, I, I just recommend leave it under for three seconds. Um, and then start setting the hook and then you adjust that as you see fit because some days They'll take it down and every down you connect with the fish other days You can leave it under there for 20 seconds and it doesn't seem to do anything um, That I can't explain but that therein lies black fishing Although if you've got a two hook rig then the then Ricky who uh, fishes a fair bit for him recommends leave it under for five or six seconds You got more chance of getting a second hook up. So he might be right um, And look basically that's it. I mean once you hook the fish you're fighting it to the net um, they will try and get you into the rocks, so every time you land a fish, I suggest you check your leader as it hasn't been frayed. Looking after your catch, <clears throat> they, I dispatch them, so I break the fish's neck straight away and dispatch it and bleed it. Um, they need to be bled, uh, so whether you bleed them and just put them in the bucket, I'd say that's a bit cruel. If you're going to do that, then you break their neck so they're, they're dead. Um, <clears throat> I gut and gill the fish and I leave the scales on. Um, I then take the fish back and it'll sit, the, car the fish carcass will sit in the vegetable crisper for a day or two, which firms the flesh up. Then remove the fish's head and fill it from the head to the tail. Um, I then turn over and from the tail section I move the knife, I skin it. So I move the knife up to the rib cage and then cut the bone section out and remove the white, um, the white fillet from the, the skin. Now leaving the scales on creates a foundation for you to skin the fish. It's a thousand times easier than scaling it and trying to skin it, I guarantee you. If you haven't done it, try it. Um, then lightly coat it in breadcrumbs and then shallow fry. That's the way I, f that's the way I pretty much cook for them. Uh, cook them, so, and I find them to be a nice eating fish. Uh, we mostly eat ours fresh, but I, for my father, I cryvac them and send them down to Sydney, so he seems to like them like that as well, eh? even though they've been, um, been frozen. But... Um, Look, that's a general overview of black fishing off the main break wall I discussed um, with greater detail. Um, if there's any other type of fishing or any other questions about black fishing, please give us a ring at the shop on 49820711 or come in and check out the blackfish table. We've got all your needs for black fishing, whether it be rods and reels and um, hand, all the stuff's handmade. I've got the handmade floats in, so they look really good. So, look, I hope it's another good black fishing season and I hope those that are starting get into it because it's a tremendous sport, I think. It's a very pure style of fishing, one where you can't just put it in a rod holder. You've got to hold that rod and watch that float, it's visual, and um, <clears throat> the fish don't act in the same way all the time. But uh, let me tell you, when they're biting their heads off in there, you'll have some great um, Saturdays and Sundays uh, catching blackfish, especially fun for the kids to watch the float go down and hook them up because they're great fighting fish. Tight lines, talk to you soon.